0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Friday, June the 10th of 2022. Happy Friday, everybody. Glad that you have made it to Friday. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Locked on Cardinals. Thank you for making it your first listen of the day. Each and every day, Monday to Friday. I am the host of the show, Lucas Smith at LJ Fastball it is my Twitter handle. You can find the show on Instagram and Twitter as well at LO underscore Cardinals. Cardinals got swept out of Tampa Bay this week and it was not a good offensive showing for an offense that I think is, or was anyway, starting to click before that series. However, I will say this, that the the pitching they faced during the week against the Tampa Bay Rays was pretty phenomenal. Springs was really good, Kluber still finds ways to get out, get outs, and excuse me, McClanahan might be a, an early AL Cy Young Award favorite, so they weren't facing too many slouches in, in Tampa is basically what I'll say there, but not to excuse anything, but that's kind of the, the theme I take away from, from the series in Tampa Bay was that the, the the pitching just, you know, the, the better pitching one is basically how, how I look at it, even though the Cardinals pitching on games one and three really turned in. Pretty nice outings for, for starters. So we'll talk about that on today's episode. Also breaking down what this weekend could look like with the Cardinals and Reds as Palante, Wainwright, and Hudson all set to take the mound as well as Dakota Hudson's return. We'll also be talking a little bit of an all-star ballot thought process with the St. Louis Cardinals because they certainly do have some worthy candidates to be all-stars uh, if not starters, at least All-Star Reserves for the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll get more in-depth with that topic as we go throughout the season. But first and foremost, we're, we're going to start with the series against the Tampa Bay Rays because we didn't talk about Thursday's game and we didn't talk about Friday's game. Thursday, or I'm sorry, Wednesday's to Thursday's game. Wednesday's game was one to forget for the Cardinals. It, it was plain and simple, not a good game. They, they lost 11-3. You know, he had the positives of the Tyler O'Neill three RBI. He, it was very, it was brutal. Uh, Naughton got the start, was unable to to go more than a turn through the to the, the order. Oviedo okay, but you know, mentioned it a little bit on yesterday's show. Forgot about the, the we did see Adrian Molina pitch. He only gave up. He was the only pitcher yesterday, excuse me, Wednesday, for the Cardinals to not give up an early run. And then you move forward a day to Friday. The offense scores a run for Miles Michaels via an error. Miles Michaels was about as good as you could have asked a pitcher to be, but McClanahan was 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 simply better. as so He gives up an unearned run in eight innings. Miles Michaels gets credited with the complete game because the bottom of the ninth was not played. But we're going to highlight Miles Michaels because he was phenomenal. The only blemish to his record really was the two run home run by G Manchoy. But in eight innings, he only gave up three hits, the two earned runs on the home run that I mentioned. Zero walks, nine punch-outs, and get this, 85 pitches. 85 pitches in eight innings. That is about as dominant as you can be. His stuff was electric. The Rays looked all out of sorts. Michaelis even filled his position well on one of the ground outs to get Kevin Kiermeyer. That was one of the hits he gave up was a little dribbler that Michaelis fielded. Kiermaier rounded first. Oh, no, rounded, you know, went back. Michaelis was right there at the back, tagged him out. Outside of Choi, the Rays had no shot against Michaelis. The only problem was, against McClanahan, the Cardinals had no shot against the Rays. Because McClanahan was as good, if not better, than Michaels when you look at the just the the box scores he goes eight innings gives up just two hits a double to Albert Pujols that was a little bloop double as well as a single to Nolan Arenado he gave up an unearned run walked one and struck out nine he was filthy dominant Cardinals had some hard hit baseballs tonight or on, on Thursday afternoon rather and what i the one I remember the most really was the Tommy Edman line drive in the right center field. So not making excuses, not saying the Cardinals, you know, uh, the Rays are not saying that the Rays only won because of luck or anything of like that. I'm not trying to take anything away from McClanahan's outing, but you do have to look at that outing and say, well, he gave up some hard contact and was able to use his defense effectively because that is what the Cardinals' pitching plan is. Yeah, you might give up some contact, but you have really good defense behind you, and the Rays put up some really good defense despite uh, the air, which was actually... Uh, two errors. One was on catcher's interference, and the other one was to McClanahan himself. So everybody else really played pretty well. They also got one double play in that game as well. So it was really an overall solid game for the Rays. But Michaelis stepped up, and it, you know you knew that the next day you're going to have Pelante start. As yes, he gets the ball tonight against the Reds, you don't know what he's going to give you. Is he going to be able to give you five innings, four innings, two innings, three innings? You know he, he stretched out to go five. I think. I'll talk about him a little bit more in segment number two, but at the same time, he hasn't gone much, he hasn't gone more than four this season. So the bullpen was was depleted. You used Helsley and Gallegos in a loss on Tuesday. You didn't want to have to use them in another loss in a close game on Thursday. Michaelis just says, all right, boys, I got it. And now it sets up the bullpen extremely well because you have Genesis Cabrera fully available, more than likely, after the 58 pitches he threw on Sunday Night Baseball. Gallegos and Helsley. 100% 100% available, more than likely as well. So you have your three guns available in front of Polante. Now you might want to, excuse me, piggyback Polante a little bit. Maybe if he's only able to go three innings or four, then you bring in another long reliever to go three or four, you know, two or three innings. Maybe Oviedo's that guy. I don't know. But this bullpen now is rested because of what Miles Michaels was able to do on Thursday afternoon. He was phenomenal. It was about, you know, there were very few positives from this series against the Rays. It's hard to find positives when you get swept. And the Cardinals were able to find just a few. you got the positive of Dakota Hudson. Gallegos and Helsley, I guess you could throw that as positive, but that was really as advertised. Harrison Bader on Tuesday night was positive. Tyler O'Neill's Wednesday performance was positive, driving in three. And Miles Michaelis was another positive. Outside of that, not a lot of success for the Cardinals in St. Petersburg this week as the Rays find a way to sweep the Cardinals right out of Florida. So on the trip, you take three out of five against Chicago, and then you lose three in a row to the Rays. So all in all, a net negative, uh, negative road trip. Uh, you know, like I said, the three wins plus the uh, five losses. So three and five of the road trip. It's an overall negative road trip, but still some positives to gain out of it, which I just talked about. And you got the positives of the of the, the offense, at least in the Chicago series, finding ways to, to win games, coming back late in games, scratching, fighting, clawing their way back, able to win games that really they wouldn't have won, in my opinion, three or four weeks ago. So it was a sweep. It was an ugly second series in the road trip after a positive one over the weekend in Chicago. What you The, the biggest takeaway for me in terms of short term is that this bullpen is now well-rested following Thursday's complete game by Miles Michaelis. Now, you could still argue that who you have in the bullpen might not be extremely uh, top-notch. You know, you say Verhagen, Wittgren, you know, names like that. But the bullpen is rested, and the, the big part, really, is that the big three are rested. And I know that last year we talked a lot about the big three. This year, it's still that same theme with Palanty being forced to go to the starting pitching role with, with a couple injuries. But... That's a good thing with the, with, with the Reds coming in town because I know that the, the Reds are the Reds. <laughs> they're last place in the National League Central, so we'll talk about them here in segment number two. So I understand that the Reds are the Reds and they're a bad team and yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, this is a divisional matchup and the Reds and Cardinals always play close baseball, it seems, at least in, in terms of a series. So the bullpen needs to be rested and Michaelis, is, he did his job yesterday, plain and simple. He was... he. He had a couple of rough starts. He didn't know it. you, know, it was kind of shaky, especially against the Cubs. He gutted through five, but was able to be dominant in eight innings against the Rays. So, next pitch against the Pirates in next week's series at Bush. So, positive for Michaels. The key now is to continue that positivity. I know we're not going to get eight innings of two run baseball for Michaels every time out. That's unrealistic to expect that. But you can still expect Michaels to be a 1A, a two starter when he's right because when he has pinpoint control like threading something through the eye of a needle he has that kind of control when he is on so the race series bad got swept a couple positives but overall net negative you got swept losing streak up to three wash it get it out of your memory banks have a short memory move on to cincinnati take advantage of these divisional games because you have a lot of divisional divisional games coming up for the rest of this month And even despite all of the losses, despite losing three in a row against the Reds, excuse me, against the Rays, the Cardinals still find themselves just a half a game out of first place because of the Philadelphia Phillies beating the Milwaukee Brewers. So Even though the Cardinals have underperformed this week, or at least in the three games they've played, they still find themselves with well within striking distance of first place. A win tonight against the Reds and a loss tonight for the Brewers against the Nationals puts them in first place because the Brewers have lost six in a row. So we'll talk about this upcoming series against the Reds coming up here in just a moment. But first, as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs wants to make it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn jobs helps you find people that you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a job post in minutes at LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you simply add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find someone correct to hire. Simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill sets and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire them faster. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Because did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? LinkedIn. You can post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Three games set with the Cincinnati Reds this weekend as the, the Red Legs come to town. For our three-game set, before we talk about that, I do have an important favor to ask you guys because here, we here at the Locked On Podcast Network want to make these Locked On Podcasts as best as we can for you, the listener. So we've created a survey to tell us what you like and don't like about your favorite Locked On Podcasts to help make them better. It's your opportunity to help us make these podcasts better for you. You can take the survey at Locked On, excuse me, at LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey do it right now to get started. It won't take you very long. Everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. Take your audience survey today. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you in advance for your help. Uh, we really do appreciate that because it helps make these podcasts better uh, each and every day. So like I mentioned, Red Legs are indeed in town and they come in four and six of their last ten. They've lost two in a row. They're 20 and 37, 12 games out of the first place Milwaukee Brewers, just 10.5 out of the wild card. <laughs> they scored 252 runs and given up 306 for a negative 54 run differential. They're expected to be 23 and 34, so maybe they run into some bad luck. 12 and 7, 17 at home, but they're 8 and 20 on the road and 11 and 24 against teams with above 500 record. Uh, they have a three game set again with, with St. Louis today. The, the, the Reds are a team that traded it seemed like everybody that was talented in the off season. you saw Suarez go you saw Sonny Gray go you saw Winker go Barnhart go all these players that were really a part of what I thought could have been a playoff caliber team last year's record would have made the playoffs based on this year's playoff structure uh, but nevertheless Reds decide to, to blow it up and they are they are what they are 20 and 37, as they and the Cubs are trying to stay out of last place in the National League Central. And the Pittsburgh Pirates have overperformed. But That's a conversation for another day. But one of the, the key players they did not trade, and one key player that really I thought they were going to trade, and that would be tonight's starter for the Cincinnati Reds in Luis Castillo. Again, 17, 715 rather, first pitch between the Cardinals and Reds. Luis Castillo gets the ball. He's 2-3 and three this year with a 3-5-5-year five, five rate, 34 punch-outs. When you look at the Cardinals' numbers against Castillo, you've got some positives in there. Nolan Arenado, 286 and 21 at-bats. He's got two RBIs. Harrison Bader's hitting 415 at-bats with an RBI. Tommy Edmond is hitting 308 and 26 at-bats with an RBI. Paul Goldschmidt only hitting 250 and 36 at-bats, but he has three home runs and has driven an eight. And here's the reason why I think you see Kisner in the lineup today. He is two out of five in his career against Blonte with a, or a career against Castillo, excuse me, with a home run and two RBIs. And Molina is just hitting a buck thirty-eight with twenty-nine at bats and five runs driven in against Castillo. Tyler O'Neill, not very good numbers, one eighty-five and twenty-seven at bats, but two home runs, four runs driven in. So some positive, some decent, and a couple of bad numbers in there for the Cardinals against Luis Castillo. But with, with Castillo, you know you're going to get the, the hard heater. And you know you're going to get a good changeup. Luis Castillo features a good changeup. I would not be surprised if this is one of the last times we see the right-hander in a Reds uniform, just because I think that he is going to be on the trading block. He was injured to start this year, and I mentioned in six starts, a three-five-five VRA, 34 strikeouts, and 33 innings pitched, a 1-1-2 whip. Numbers to like if you're an opposing team needing some pitching, if you're willing to, to pay the big price for Castillo. Last three starts have been pretty good five innings on the 25th of May against the Cubs, give up just two earned runs, six shutout innings against the Red Sox uh, with 10 strikeouts on the 31st of May, and then his last start came on the 5th of June. Six and a third, six hits, three earned, four walks and six punchouts against the Washington Nationals. But This is somebody that is, like I mentioned, he's, he's, good, he, he's going to get traded, I think, and it's going to be a tall price to get him because he is a talent in this game. I think that if he was healthy, you would, you would have already seen him traded in the offseason. But he was not healthy, so he will have to to wait until the trade deadline most likely. But when you look at the Cardinals starter, Andre Pallante. I was on a radio show on Thursday morning, the the mole hole with Randy Molman here in St. Louis. And we talked about Pallante a little bit because he has been an absolute godsend to this bullpen, but really now this pitching staff. In 29 and a third innings, 18 games, one of those being starts, he's got one win under his belt. 1.23 ERA. 20 strikeouts and a whip of 147. His first start did not really go quite as planned as he gives up four hits and earned run, walked four in his start against Chicago. But his last two appearances before that were both long appearances. On the 26th of May, he went three innings against the Milwaukee Brewers, gave up two hits, did not give up an earned run. And then on the 30th of May, on Memorial Day against the Padres, he pitched three and the third innings in relief, got the win in that game, gave up five hits, which charged an earned run, but that was given up after he had exited the game and struck out five. So Andre Pellante is somebody that I think can be an under-the-radar, really solid player for this team, has been already. But I think even though he's been moving to a starting role and we've seen the bullpen suffer, if he's able to go five, maybe even six innings, depending on how much he stretched out, that's a huge plus for this team. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Pellante. He was put in a tough situation a couple of weeks ago when he walked in a couple runs. So that was obviously a, you know, a chink in the armor, if you will. But I still think that what we've seen from from Andre Pellante has been incredible this season. And we're going to see more good pitching on Saturday as well. A 115 start on the 11th. It's Hunter Green, the highly touted prospect for the Reds against Adam Weiner We are seeing some fireball electric stuff out of the right hand of Hunter Green. And we are seeing somebody who just straight up knows how to pitch with Adam Wainwright uh, tomorrow. He comes in sporting a 2.73 ERA, 5-4 on the season. A couple of tough luck, no decisions for Adam Wainwright in his last couple of starts. He has been just really good in his last three starts, really. The three earned runs and five innings against Milwaukee was so-so, but he pitched seven shutout innings against the Padres on the 31st of May and then the seven innings of two-run baseball uh, with no strikeouts against the Cubs on Sunday Night Baseball. So Adam Wainwright will be looking to continue that success. That's another reason why I think we don't see Yadier in the lineup tonight because you want to keep him fresh for tomorrow when he's more likely than not going to be catching Adam Wainwright. But this Reds team, again, has some intriguing names on it. Hunter Green, somewhat, you know, very highly touted prospect, as I mentioned, some good, some bad this season as he comes in with a 5.4 ERA but the Cardinals right now I think are going to be relying on their pitching to win this series because you might be able you know you might make the argument and I might agree with the argument that you're gonna to have to try and not suffer through suffer through might be a little bit harsh but you might have to try and gut through Palante's Star but then you've got Wainwright who's on a good roll and then Dakota Hudson who's on a good roll pitching on Sunday he's four and two at the two seven six the Cardinals will be facing off against Graham Ashcraft right-hander for the Reds he's 24 years old he's got four starts this year and has impressed 3-0 and with a 1.14 ERA and 23 and two-thirds of an innings pitch so I think that with who the Reds have on the mound for this weekend they have some upside on all of them especially Castillo and Green you definitely have some, some arms that could get outs for the Reds so I think the Cardinals are going to have to rely on their pitching this weekend to win this series you have to expect Hudson to go out there and pitch what he's done the last two starts after you know a couple of really great 7 inning outings. You Expect Wainwright to continue his success as well on Sunday, just to get through Polante's start. That's not to, to doubt Polante. That's not to say I don't think Polante should be starting. That's just to say I'm more confident in Wainwright and Hudson in giving you length from the starting role more than I am Polante for tonight. That said, I think that this offense bounces back. You saw, you've seen three straight games now of this offense sh- struggle against really good pitching. So I think in the theme of feast or famine that we've seen from this offense for a large portion of this season, I think you see them bounce back in a big way this weekend. I think the Cardinals find a way to take two out of three. I really do. The, the, the Cardinals have the right starters on the mound this weekend. Maybe you would have liked to see Michaelis tonight instead of Palante. You could make that argument, but... This pitching staff is really good for this weekend. I think the Cardinals find a way to win two out of three. So we'll see if I'm right. But let me know in the YouTube comment section what you think. Email lockedoncards at gmail.com. But I just think that this offense is going to bust out in a big way this weekend, especially if they're able to get Dylan Carlson back at the time of this recording. It's nothing's official. But Dylan Carlson ha- has been reported in the last couple of days that he'll be back for the homestand this weekend against the Cincinnati Reds. So uh, I pred- I am predicting a series win for the Cardinals this weekend against division rivals uh, Cincinnati Reds. So when we got a couple of great messages to share, and then after those messages, we'll talk about the Cardinals all-star voting and quick thoughts on Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols. So we'll talk about those two gentlemen coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about our new partner, and that is AG1 Athletic Greens. What is this stuff? Is it's incredibly healthy because with one delicious scoop of AG one, you're going to be absorbing seventy five high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus and aging, everything you could possibly want to help. It's incredibly healthy and lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. It's incredibly healthy to those lifestyles. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And it's still incredibly not expensive because it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's different. It's cheaper as well than... Getting all these different supplements yourself, you are investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water for every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit Network. Again, that is Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Also, I want to tell you that BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments at BetOnline.net, news and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC, even boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Do you know why? Because BetOnline is where the game starts. All-Star voting was released a couple days ago, maybe yesterday, and the Cardinals have some candidates. We're not going to spend too much time on it today because uh, we'll spend more time on it next week as we get closer to the All-Star game. I think the lock that the Cardinals have right now is Paul Goldschmidt. Obviously, the All-Star game is still about a month away. He's still got some time, but Paul Goldschmidt has been, at least in May, for a large portion of the season as well, one of the better hitters in the National League. Especially if you heighten it down to just first baseman, I know Alonzo's had a great year, but my opinion, Paul Goldsmith is the lock to be a starter for the National League Central. Excuse me, for the National League in the All-Star game. The sneak pick for me for the St. Louis Cardinals, you could go a couple different ways because I think that Nolan Arenado will be an All-Star. I think he should be. I don't think he should start, but the the sneaky pick for me to start for the National League. Is in the outfield for the St. Louis Cardinals. And it's Harrison Bader. Leads the league in steals. Having a nice year offensively. Plays gold glove defense. That's the sneaky pick for me. That is the dark horse candidate to get a start. I think he should be an all-star regardless. I think the Cardinals should have Ryan Helsley be an all-star. I think that Wainwright could borderline be an all-star in the pitching staff as well. You could even argue Palante on the pitching staff. Gallegos, maybe even Cabrera. You could have a lot of different Cardinal pitchers on the All Star on the All Star team. But offensively speaking, I really do think Goldsmith's a lock to start. Nolan's going to be on it. Tommy Edmonds should be on it, and Harrison Bader should be on it, and should and as a sneaky choice to start as well. Might be a hot take, but I think that there's an argument for that. The big question that that has been asked a couple different times, and that that will be discussed is. Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols both have said they're retiring neither one of them are putting up all-star numbers but should they be invited to the all-star team like the thing that happened in the NBA a number of years ago commissioners pick in this situation if you invite one you have to invite both and I love Yachty, and he has been one of the greatest catchers of all, you know, of his generation. But I think Albert realistically probably deserves that kind of pick more. Because Molina has had some up, you know, he he's been a great catcher. He's a Hall of Famer. But when you think of greatest right-handed hitters of all time, Albert, without a shadow of a doubt, goes on that list. And there are some people that will say Molina is not a top 10 catcher of all time because of his offense. You're not going to find too many people that don't think Albert Pujols is a top 10 right right-handed hitter of all time. You might even find a good amount of people that think that Albert Pujols is a top 10 hitter of all time, period. But in this case, if you're going to give that commissioner's invite to one, you're going to have to give it to both because you're not inviting Albert without Yachty in these particular circumstances. Now, do I think that should happen? The Cardinal in me wants to say yes. And I'll have to do some more research here, but I don't think there's any precedent here for Major League Baseball doing this. Maybe there's a tribute during the game that you honor them without putting them on the team. They're still part of the ceremony, part of the day. Because they deserve some recognition. They really do. They put in tremendous careers, trying to get a championship together one last time. They deserve recognition. I just don't know if putting them completely on the All Star team is the way to go. So that, that's kind of just a little, little bit of brief preview of some conversations we'll be having over the next couple weeks and next month or so before the All Star game. Let me know who you think should start for the Cardinals on the All Star team. Let me know who you think should be there. Let me know who you think what your thoughts are on the Commissioner's Pick or inviting Albert or Yadi on the team want to hear your thoughts email locked on cards at gmail.com drop a comment in the youtube section dm me on twitter at lj fastball dm the show on twitter or instagram at lo underscore cardinals many ways to reach out so that's going to do it for this friday episode thanks for tuning in everybody be sure to listen to locked on mlb next before you finish your podcasting listening for the day I'll be back on monday to recap the red series and talk about the pirate series talk to you then but before i do that be sure to stay safe stay well and have a fantastic rest of your day